What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Word on Woodward presented by Raymond. Empower your purpose with Raymond. We have a jam-packed show today, so we're not going to waste any time. You'll want to stick around to hear from Dan Dickerson coming up shortly. And of course, we'll have a headliner interview with Austin Jackson, former Tigers outfielder later in the show. And of course, throughout the entirety of today's show, make sure you're putting your questions, thoughts, comments, and maybe even where you're watching from today in the comments. And we'll try to get to it throughout today's show. Right now, I'm going to bring in Art Regner and we're going to get straight in to the big three presented by our friends at Chevy. The first thing we're going to talk about, Art, is the NHL playoffs. And I have to ask you, what the heck is going on with your Vegas Golden Knights? I have to say I'm pretty shocked that Montreal has taken the 3-2 lead in that series. The biggest question will be, Art, are we going to see a Game 7 or is Montreal going to take the series tomorrow night? Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, Carey Price is, you know, certainly capable of winning that game tomorrow night. Uh, you know, I really think Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield have really been, uh, you know, energized that lineup with some youth and some enthusiasm. You know, they're putting up points. They're putting up scoring. I also think Vegas, for whatever reason, Mark Stone has gone into a slump. Uh, you know, Montreal, what is it, 12 consecutive games, games without giving up a power play goal. You know, Vegas has not scored a power play goal. I mean, they just look out of sync. So we'll see. I mean, the big guns have to be the big guns. And what's really interesting is is that Suzuki, Nick Suzuki, who is really playing very, very well for the Canadians, was the number one draft pick of the Vegas Golden Knights, who they traded for Max Pacioretty. They were part of that deal. But, you know, Pacioretty has played pretty well. He scored the goal last night. So uh, I, I don't know. You know, Marc-Andre Fleury, Robin Leonard, who goes in net? A lot of questions to be answered. I would expect the Knights – to play their best game of the season, and they have to because it's an elimination game tomorrow night. But, hey, who knows? Maybe Montreal will be playing for their uh, first chance at the Stanley Cup since 1993. And tonight we have Tampa Bay and New York, the New York Islanders, which could also be a deciding game. Tampa Bay has the 3-2 lead, and we saw a very deciding victory over the Islanders, an 8-0 win. Of course, Steven Stamkos, Nikita Kucherov have been the players they've needed to be during this playoff series. Art, what do you think? Are they going to lock it up tonight? Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, I, you know, Tampa is just rolling. But, you know, New York, it could be the last game at Nassau Coliseum. I've seen games in that building. It's a legendary place. It's a you know, old-school building, much like the Joe. Uh, I, I I think there's going to be a lot of emotion flowing from the Islanders, and they were blown out and embarrassed. I wouldn't be surprised if New York wins, but my gosh, Tampa, now Stamkos is going. Tampa is just a great team with Vasilevsky. I mean, no doubt about it. Uh, I'm going to say Tampa wins tonight. They're going to, you know, I, I know Steve watches the show all the time, and so, you know, Steve, your team's going to do it or your ex-team's going to do it again. We all love a good Game 7, so I'm going to say both of these series go to Game 7. Uh, well, that'd be nice. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to move on to our second topic of today's Big Three Art MLB All-Star Voting. Round one of the voting closes tomorrow at 4 p.m. Now, it's a little bit, it's, I don't want to say weird, it's just a different setup. Okay. So round one closes tomorrow at four and round one determines who the finalists will be. And then round two will open for voting for the All-Star starters. So round one, closes tomorrow, but we got to pump the Tigers. Everybody get in there and cast your vote. Right. Art, I know you round were definitely one. casting votes for round, Casey Mott. Round one, yeah. Yeah, round one ends. Uh, then how many rounds are there before the All-Star game? Two. Let me let Just me see two. if I can get this all down. 
Uh, hey, you know what? Yeah, the Tigers, the Tigers are going to need some help. Uh, you know, certainly. So get out and vote. Stuff the ballot box. You know, Jonathan Scope is playing like an all star right now. I mean, you know, he's been one of the best hitters in baseball. You know, he, he came to spring training late. You know, uh, you know, but put in the extra work on the Zoom calls. AJ Hinch is just raving about all the extra work that we don't see that went into Scope now being, you know, a terror at the plate. So, uh, you know, there's a couple guys. I still think Casey Arthur Mize uh, is going to be at least one of the reps at the All Star game. I hope, uh, but you know, Scope deserves to be there. I, I don't know. You know, who knows? I mean, you know, do the fans now vote for the reserves, too? Uh, you know, again, how many rounds are we going to get? You know, again, you know, baseball is – I love the game, but they have so many rules and regulations. And, you know, I, I mean, they only want to make it more complicated because I think they like the exclusivity of their little club at times. Like, let's yeah, – yeah, fans, you're voting on it, but there's 18 rounds – and we know that after round one or two, you're going to get tired of voting, and then we're going to pick whoever we want anyway. So, you know, hey, more power to you, I guess. You know, the point of this is go vote for the Tigers. All right? That's all we need right, to right. That's all we need to get out of this. Vote for all of yeah, your yeah. Tigers players. We want to yeah. see them in the All-Star. <laughs> vote for all of your Tigers players, and then when you hit round six, oh, yeah, Detroit's in the Eastern time zone, but they should be in the Central. So, I don't know. We may not be able to have any Tigers this year. All right, whatever. We're going to wrap it there. Go vote for the Tigers. Moving on to our vote for the Tigers. Vote for the Tigers, of course. Of today's big three, we're going to talk some basketball. Our Detroit Pistons, are they won the draft lottery last night. They are picking number one overall for the third time in franchise history. We have had some notable 1-1 picks, including Spencer Torkelson and Casey Mize on the Tigers' side of things. But how exciting is this? You know, we suffer with the NHL draft lottery. We don't have much luck there, but we definitely have luck when it comes to the Detroit Pistons. So I'm excited to see what they do. There are a couple – oh, Oh wait, is that Art's? Is, is that your face, Art? Or are you frozen? I did not. I did not freeze. I, oh, I know I'm freaking oh, everybody out. Freeze. My, my, like, my, 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 oh my gosh, I'm carrying this by hey, myself. You're just that surprised. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm a. I was. My mouth was agape. Is that the proper word? A Detroit team won a lottery. You know, obviously the Tigers, because baseball does it right. Worst record gets the first pick. NFL, worst record gets the first pick. NHL, NBA, we have a lottery. So a Detroit team finally won the lottery, and I'm really happy. I like what Devin Skillian said. He said, you know, maybe next year if the Red Wings qualify for the lottery, and who knows what moves Steve's going to make, maybe Ben Wallace should show up instead of Steve Eiserman, and maybe the Red Wings can win the lottery if they're in the lottery next year. I mean, yeah, I think it's great. I think it's exciting. And, you know, look, look at how much – uh, you know, Mize and Torkelson have generated fan interest and enthusiasm. So whomever, if it's Cunningham or the kid from USC, whomever it is that the Pistons are going to draft, you know, and that's what they need. And I think Red Wing fans, and that's why Red Wing fans, and I think Steve were so upset, you know, they need a difference maker. They need their all-star. They need their piece to build around. And the Pistons are probably going to get it with the number one pick. Nothing against Lucas Raymond, and most Sider could be the real deal. But when you're picking six, when you should be picking higher or number one, you know you need that generational talent. Right now, the Red Wings don't have it. That's why right. I'm really happy for the for the Pistons. 
I knew you were going to get on the Red Wings when we talked draft lottery because, of course, yeah, we're bummed. Yeah, but we hype about the Pistons right now. Are this is a good thing coming to Detroit? Hey, getting the number I just one said it was a great Ohio. thing. I but you know, what? Followed up by- <laughs> if there was one man who was angry, angry last night that the Pistons won the lottery or less disappointed, it was probably Steve. Like, what the, what the hell? You know, <laughs> what's going on here? But- yeah, yeah. but he was happy. I mean, he called Troy Weaver. I'm sure he called Troy Weaver and said, "Hey, way to go, buddy." Uh, but you know, uh, but it's like <laughs> hockey gods. Where are you? They'll be there eventually. Hopefully, we won't be always picking uh, in the lottery. So that's that's the. But next congratulations step. to the. That's great. Hey, they're they're gonna get they're gonna get a name player. They're gonna get a big name yeah. player that the rest of the league's gonna be aware of. Good for good for them. I like what the I you know what I actually like even your Lions, Danielle. I kind of like what all the Detroit teams are doing and how their rebuilds are going. There is light at the end of the tunnel for all four of our professional major teams. I love it. And that's where we'll wrap up the big three for today. A big thank you to Chevy for presenting the big three Chevy cares. That is why Chevy clean dealers are committed to using enhanced vehicle cleaning measures with CDC approved cleansers before delivering your vehicle after purchase or service. So when you're ready, you can find new roads with confidence. Earlier this week, the MLB decided to enforce a new rule, and Carly Johnston was able to catch up with Dan Dickerson yesterday to talk about that new rule and its implementation. That's right. Dan Dickerson joining me today for Catching Up with Carly, presented by Meyer, And we're going to be breaking down the new foreign substance policy, enhancing its enforcement of the rules that prohibit applying foreign substances to baseballs is what we'll be talking about. So this is something that's been going on, a rule that's never really been enforced. Dan, why now? That's a great question. Uh, because, you know, it's like, well, this has been baseball's dirty little secret. No, it's never been a secret. I mean, this has been going on forever. There are literally guys in the major leagues who have been in the major leagues for 10 years, and they have never thrown a pitch without getting something to use a grip. Here's the problem. Uh, The reason it's being enforced now, so for a long time the idea was, hey, you know, if pitchers are just trying to get a better grip, we as hitters don't mind that because we don't want – there are days when that ball feels slick, especially cold days. But talking to pitchers, you understand it's warm days too when they get really sweaty and suddenly they need something to give them a better grip. So for a long time, for decades, hitters have been okay with that. And one of the more common things to use was a little sunscreen on your arm rosin bag goes on the sunscreen it makes it a pretty sticky mixture it doesn't it sounds very benign right but baseball knew this and baseball was okay with this so so we've been going along and pitchers have you know many have used that they use other combinations obviously but unless it was egregious you had a big blob of rosin on your neck or you had a big blob in your glove or on your hat no nobody ever really called you on it and so this is how life was progressing for pitchers in the major leagues. Then, a few years ago, thanks to strongman competition, one of the guys who participated in those was also a biochemist, and he came up with this stuff called spider tack. And there are others that are equally as sticky. The thing to remember is, so this stuff is really sticky. For a strongman competition, you have to lift these stones, and it's, it's important to get a good grip, and this was right. legal in, in those competitions. And, and he was stunned to hear that it was being used for baseball. He's like, what? But it became so – it became now you're marrying the technology. We understand that better grip 
Also, with this new technology, we're measuring spin more. Oh, look, the stickier stuff means more friction, means more spin. More spin makes it harder to hit a four-seam fastball that's riding through the strike zone because it doesn't drop as much as you think it's going to. And it also gives your slider more spin. And that's where we're seeing the big increase in swings and misses. So as it became clear that marrying technology with stickier stuff was giving pitchers an advantage and not just the ability to get a better grip, then it became something they had to address. So it did have to be addressed, but now it's causing problems for pitchers who always use something to get a grip and now they can't use anything. Right, yeah, not only is this a baseball lesson, this is also a science lesson with Dan Dickerson, but <laughs> this is something that the players had to have known was coming. It's definitely it a way that uh, will allow umpires to evenly and consistently do existing role. Yeah, I think, you know, pitchers did know it was coming, and they, they understood that, but I think they also didn't maybe realize just the extent of which it was going to be Band. In other words, there's nothing now other than a rosin bag and sweat that they can mix to get the grip that they want. So I'm not sure that they were clear on that, but they are now. And I think they're really just getting a little worried about what they're going to do when they've gotten used to their entire careers using something. So now think about it. Umpires are in charge of enforcement and they have to now determine, all right, is that guy whose hands are a little sticky to me, is that um, rosin and sweat or do you think that's rosin and sunscreen or rosin and spider tack or spider tack? I mean, how do you determine levels of stickiness? But that's what the umpires now have to do. And I think managers are very worried that you know, something benign could feel sticky to one umpire, not another, and all of a sudden their guy's labeled the cheater and he's kicked out of the game. So it, it's a problem. I, I think people are going to figure it out pretty quickly, but I think fans should know this is kind of like, I don't know, the old days when they changed the speed limit. You're way too young to remember this. From 70 to 55, everybody's like, okay, I'm not going 55. How much can I get away with? Well, I get up, we figured it out pretty quickly right. back in the day. 67 was the sweet spot, right? You're not going to get pulled over really for anything. <laughs> and, I, you know, I was still going 55, don't worry. But, I mean, everybody was breaking the law. But it was just that was we understood. Okay, you can get away with up to 67 was pretty standard. You know, you wouldn't get pulled over. So this is like pitchers saying, okay, we could always get away with this with using sunscreen and rosin, and now we can't do that, and it's going to be interesting to see how they react. Yeah, I'm wondering if some players are going to start uh, eating honey with their hands before the games or something. But this is <laughs> one day. Um, so, do you think, Dan Dickerson, last question, do you think this will change maybe pitching statistics? I think this is a, it's a great question because I think what we've seen is the growth in swings and misses. It's not because there are more called strikes, uh, it's not because there are more two strike counts. It's because of the growth and the swings and misses at the top of the strike zone. That's still, you talk to, you know, we were talking with the Angels folks over the weekend. That's still kryptonite uh, for the even the great hitters, the top of the strike zone for the Mike Trouts of the world. That's still one of their weakest areas. So they either lay off it or they've learned how to foul those pitches off. And because that fastball is acting differently than what they used to see, they're swinging under it. So now if the spin is coming down because they can't use the sticky stuff, I have to believe that we're going to see batting averages go up. Now, we're already seeing a little bit in June. It's interesting. Only in the American League, not the National League. It's, it's noticeable. But I do think we're going to see more contact at the top of the strike zone 
and also more damage done. And I do think batting averages will go up as a result. Very, very interesting. Well, we will see what happens again. It went into effect on Monday. So, Dan, thank you so much for breaking it down with me. It was a little bit of a science class mixed in with baseball. <laughs> we need Bill Nye here. Uh, right. <laughs> Bill Nye, the science guy, Dan Dickerson. <laughs> well, thank you so much again for taking the time to explain it. I'm catching up with Carly Presented by Meyer. Thanks, Carly. Back to you, Daniela. Thank you, Carly. And should I start calling him Dan Dickerson, the science guy? I know it doesn't rhyme, but I love it. That was great. Great to hear from Dan. Some good insight there on the new rule that is now being enforced in Major League Baseball. With that being said, we're going to move on to Brush Street Beat presented by our friends over at McLaren Healthcare. And of course, Carly is going to join us for this segment as well. And we're going to talk about the Tigers last night, a deciding 8-2 to two victory. So it was a lot of fun to watch. We saw Tarek Skubal on the mound. So we'll start right there, Carly. What did you think of Tarek Skubal last it's just been really exciting to watch these young pitchers, let's be honest. We see Tarek Skubal, Casey Mize, and Matt Manning tonight, but Tarek Skubal last night. I mean, he played outstanding, and he was pitching really well. He was getting a lot of strikeouts. I was at the game hosting, so it was really exciting to see him be able to step into his own. He's someone who's been playing pretty well this season, and you know, just to be able to learn and grow throughout the season in the major league at such a young age, I think is astonishing. So props to Scooble. I think he played really well last night, and I mean, you can only go up from here, right? I mean, he's not going to get, well, I guess you could, but he's not going to get any worse. He's only going to get better. He's learning, as I said, from doing. So I'm excited to see what Tarek Scooble can do as we continue on the season. Couldn't agree with you more, Carly. And as mentioned, all three of the young pitchers that are up right now, it's a lot of fun to watch them progress and continue their career. And who knows, uh, Matt Manning, he may not have been here if it weren't for some Tigers injuries. So there was a little bit of a bright spot to the injuries that we saw to the Tigers uh, pitching staff. But good to see Matt Manning, Scoobal, and Casey Mize, of course. Art, you mentioned Jonathan Scope, and Jay Hinch has been raving about how well he's playing, and rightfully so. Last night, he had a three-run shot, and he just continues to impress at the plate. He's got to be the most consistent Tiger when it comes to um, batting so far. Well, right, and you know, let's not forget, you know, he's playing first or second base, and he's not really, uh, a, you know, a, a first baseman. So there's, you know, he it took a lot maybe it took for him to adjust. I mean, he is just a great hitter. I I, I know in the uh, 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 with Double D and I did our, uh, you know. MVPs or whatever at the start of the season or maybe their most consistent hitter, you know, I went with Jonathan Scope because, you know, he has a track record of being able to do this. And once he gets hot, he seems to be one of those players that stays hot. I mean, you know, certainly they cool off, but you're not going to see a zero for 25 or anything like that. I mean, you know, he's got it down. He's got his swing down. He does a lot of extra work in the cage. So, I mean, I was really, really impressed with him. But don't forget, Jake Rogers lugged out another triple last night. So, uh, you know, and I, I mean – the guy looks slow when he runs, but he, he must be motoring. And then our buddy, Akil Badu. I mean, Badu's hitting 270 right now. And remember, he started off hot, then he went down, and everyone was saying, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. You know, well, here it is, one hit wonder. Uh, you know, now he's, like, uh, under 200, and now he's back up to 270. That kid's going to stick. I mean, that's uh, – so, you know, there's some good things happening with the Tigers right now, and uh, – yeah, you know, I really like it, and it's led by Jonathan Scope and those young arms that they have in the starting rotation. 
Carly Art mentioned Jake Rogers, and we saw his RBI triple, but he also had a two RBI double earlier in the game. So definitely someone that's been impressive. Yeah, that's a new career high with a three RBI for Rogers, And, you know, this is something really exciting that we see out of him because he wasn't playing so well offensively beforehand. So to see him be able to get a pair of extra base hits last night was outstanding. Seeing that mustache man running those bases was really a delight. The great media caught up with him after the game to see what he had to say about his gameplay. Yeah, it was good. It was good. You know, uh, wasn't just me, you know, guys up there, you know, hitting like crazy, having great at-bats. Guys were – open, did a great job. Scoop did a great job with what he had, you know. Um, that's all you can ask for. So, you know, I'm happy with what I did, you know. Put a couple barrels in there and uh, found a couple green grass balls out there. So, it was, it was good. All right, I know you spoke with him for the headliner last week. So, it's really great to see him coming into his own, especially offensively, right? Right. Well, you know, they, they, you know, that was always it. As we talked about last week, there was no question that he is a major league catcher, quality catcher, much like Derek, Derek Hills, a center fielder. He just needed to pick it up with the stick. And he really, really has. I think he's finding a comfort level. You know, he has all his buddies now on the team, guys that he came up with through uh, the, through the Tiger system. Uh, I, I just really like it. But I, I really want to say, watching Jake Rogers every time, and I watch, you know, I, I try to be on a, as many Tiger Zooms as I can possibly be which now is like all the time but don't you think that comedian bill Hader could do a great great jake rogers impression i mean i look at i look <laughs> i look at jake rogers and i think you put a mustache on bill Hader, let him comb his hair back a little bit put on a cap and i think it would be kind of hilarious because jake rogers is a character He's a character. He keeps that team loose. He has a great thing with uh, with AJ Hinch going on. And as long as he can keep hitting, and then he and Eric Haas together, you know, the Westland product, the the the, the local kid that everyone's rooting for. You know, the Tigers catching situation, which looked really up in the air during the offseason. We talked who's going to catch, who's going to catch. Um, you know, is coming together very, very nicely. Both of them are really good backstops. I mean, Haas caught a no-hitter. So I'm really encouraged by the, uh, uh, the the catching position. But Jake Rogers just – that guy just cracks me up. I mean, he just – he's a throwback to the 1880s, I swear to God. When Detroit had their National League team, Jake Rogers could have played on it. He has the look, and I think he has the mental makeup. <laughs> All right. That's a great take on Jake Rogers there. And I did want to get your thoughts. I asked Carly earlier about Tarek Skubal and what you saw out of him last night. What are you seeing in his progression lately? Well, I think what we're seeing with him and Casey Mize last year when they didn't have their best stuff or pitch wasn't wasn't happening, they weren't able to battle through it. They you know they got a little frustrated and you know and then before you know it they were out of the game. The, the, the Skubal didn't probably have his best stuff. You know, he had four strikeouts in four innings, but, you know, you ask him, he probably wanted eight, you know. I mean, they always want more. That's what you like about these guys. That's what a pro wants. They want more than they, you know, than, than, that they were able to give maybe out on the field. But he was able to battle through it, you know, and, and that's what and that's what I really, really liked about uh, about Scooble. I, I'm, I'm sure he's heartbroken, as many Tiger fans are, that, you know, he came within one out of getting the victory. You know, you have to pitch five innings, and he did not get the victory. You know, it, you know, if he could have got through that fifth inning, he pitched 
four and two third innings. Yeah, he didn't get it, but he gave his team a chance to win. That's what I like about these young pitchers is the chance that this year with Scooble and Mize. Last year was a great experience for them because now, you know, they don't have, you know, the stars in their eyes. They, they you know, they're, they're, they're professional pitchers. They're major league starting pitchers right now. They can battle through it even when they don't have their best stuff. Great answer, Art. I love it. I love it. Derek Scooble, Casey Mize. And of course, we are going to see Matt Manning on the mound tonight for the Tigers set for Brush Street Beat presented by McLaren Healthcare. And now, as I mentioned, we are going to see Matt Manning on the mound today for the Tigers. I keep forgetting that it's a day game. So we're going to get into Bet You Didn't Know, presented by Points Bet Sportsbook, official gaming partner of the Detroit Tigers, the Detroit Red Wings, and Little Caesars Arena. The Tigers are looking to make it two in a row against the St. Louis Cardinals today. And again, Matt Manning making his Comerica Park debut. So I know the home crowd is going to be very excited to see him. Art, what can we expect to see from Manning today? Well, you know, last week they asked me what the expectations were, and I said, go five innings. You know, just give the Tigers five innings. Their bullpen was taxed and all that. Guess what? Against the Angels, you know, his home state, he's in California, in front of, you know, legions of fans of his. He went five innings. He only gave up two earned runs. He looked really, really good. He didn't look daunting. Uh, you know, you can tell his dad's former basketball player. Look at those long legs on that guy. Woo! Gets a lot of power on that fastball. That's why it's his best pitch. But with all that said, you know, we saw growing pains with Mize and Scooble last, uh, last year, as I talked about. I would say today what I would like to see, even though the fastball is his out pitch and he threw it 70% of the time against the Angels, is maybe mix up his pitches a little bit more because major league hitters, even though you have a great fastball, you know, they can time it. They can sit it. Most major league guys can, you know, can hit a fastball. I mean, location is big on it. So I would think keep them off balance today with some sliders and uh, a little more curves, you know, don't throw the fastball 70% uh, of the time. And also just a real side note here, real, real quickly. He's pitching today against Dylan Carlson, who's also from California, and he played Little League Baseball in California with Matt Manning. So these guys know each other since they were, you know, little dudes, and you know, and they're facing each other. I don't know what the odds are. You know, we hear about brothers all the time facing each other, or playing on the same team, which makes sense because, you know, they, they live together. So if they're going to play baseball, they're probably going to be on the same team. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, seeing, seeing uh, uh, Carlson and, and Manning go at it, I think that's going to be really, really cool. You know, who knows? Maybe there'll be some trash talking or, you know, who knows? Maybe Carlson will say, hey, I know he's got sticky stuff. You better check him up or, you know, just uh, to, you know, all, all kinds of stuff. Who knows? I'd like to see that dynamic. But, you know, hey, the cards are struggling a little bit. But what else can we expect to see from the cards there, Carly? Yeah, I mean, the Cardinals on paper look a lot like the lineup that Manning faced in California with a 500 teams. That has lineup with some big names in it, but the Cardinals are not as tough of a team as the Angels are. So St. Louis is tied for the third worst team batting average in the National League at 227 and is dead last in on-base percentage. The number that stands out to me, though, is run differential for perspective. The Angels are at minus 17, and the Cardinals are at minus 38. So let's hope the Tigers get on the board early and can force the Redbirds to play from behind tonight. But on the mound tonight, of course, for the Cardinals, who we're talking about is John Gant. There are a few stats that jump out when looking at Gant, and they are in direct correlation. Um, the first 
is that he leads MLB in walks with 44 and only 61 and two-thirds inning pitched. Because he gives up so many free passes, he was only pitched, he has only pitched, excuse me, on the, into the sixth inning in four of his 13 starts. So the Cards' bullpen has been good, but it makes you nervous if your manager, Mike Schilt, and you used five relievers the night before. So we'll see what can happen, but um, offense is pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, definitely something to keep your eye on there, though. And um, our Tigers have been playing really well. And we'll take a look at the lineup before we wrap this up. As mentioned, Matt Manning will be on the mound tonight for the Tigers. We talk about Jonathan Scope, who will be at uh, first base today, excuse me. So he'll be at the, in that first base slot, which has been really the, the carousel for the Tigers this season. Everything else looks pretty normal there. You've got Nomar Mazzara in right field, and Jake Rogers will be catching again. So it, it looks like it'll be... Pretty similarly, the same lineup as before. Again, Matt Manning starting on the mound. We will get this game starting at 1.10 p.m. today. So right after the word on Woodward is over at noon, make sure you're going over to Bally Sports Detroit to catch all of the pregame coverage. And we'll wrap. Bet you didn't know right there. A huge thank you to Points Bet Sportsbook for presenting. Bet you didn't know right here on the word on Woodward. It pays bet. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. It pays to be fast. Points Bet, an official sports betting partner of the Tigers, gives you better odds, bigger payouts, all in a fast and reliable sports book. Download the Points Bet app now and use code WOW2K to get two risk free bets up to $2,000. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 270 7117. And all the Tigers fans out there, tickets for the remainder of the Tiger season are now on sale and starting at just 10 bucks. The park is open to host full capacity and just release their giveaway schedule starting with Friday when the first 10,000 fans will be nabbing a Nico Goodrum bobblehead courtesy of Comerica Bank. Tickets are available at tigers.com slash tickets. And now we're going to switch gears a little bit here and talk about the Red Wings. We'll get into downtown Hockey Town presented by Labatt Blue Light. Of course, Carly is still joining us. On You guys, I have to apologize for my voice today and my stumbles. I'm not going to lie. I went to Nashville last weekend and, um, you know, the live music, you're just nailing. <laughs> so, sounding a little <laughs> I had a bad shot. Right. Right. It's tough to recover. I get it. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting there, though. You know, it's Wednesday now. I'm, I'm getting there. We'll get into talking about the expansion draft, too, though. So that's coming up very shortly, July 21st. And obviously, the entry draft is on July 23rd. So what we're going to talk about today is really who are the Red Wings going to protect? I'm going to give both of you what I think it's going to be, and I'm going to let you either agree or disagree with me, okay? So for the seven forwards, here's what I think. Larkin, Bertuzzi, Verana, Fabry, Zadina, Rasmussen, and Ernie. And then defensemen, this is where it gets tricky. So I'm interested to see what you guys think. Horonic, Chalowski, and Lidstrom. Carly, I know I just threw a lot of names at you, but what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't agree more with the forwards. And the defensemen, I agree wholeheartedly with uh, Horonic and Lindstrom. I don't know about Chalowski. I'm on the fence with him. I mean, you know, just watching him go up and down throughout the years and 
I don't know if they're so confident in him that they'll protect him, but I completely agree with you with the forwards. I think that's a no-brainer. Just that's like our core forward group. But um, I don't know. Defenseman is tricky. Art, I feel like has a lot to say because I can see him shaking his head and muttering to himself. <laughs> Wait, what about Troy Stetcher Art? That's the one. That's the name I wanted to throw yeah. out there because he's in an interesting situation. Well, you know, he only has a year left on his contract, and he's an unrestricted free agent. So, I mean, if you lose him next year, you lose him. I think the Red Wings feel good about their young core of defensemen. They've signed a lot of guys, and and that Owen, or why I always call him Owen Wyatt Newpower, the guy that they signed from the Cleveland Monsters, who played against the Grand Rapids Griffins like nine times. Uh, that's a guy to really watch for. He could be the surprise of training camp this year because most siders made the team. I am under the impression, and I could be wrong, but I think Zadina does not have to be protected. I think that he's exempt from the protection list. I think he's actually because I I, I like what you said. Grace is the goaltender for sure. Oh, yeah. Lindstrom, Hironik, and, and Chalowski for sure. I would say the only forward that I would put in there and take Sedina out if he's exempt is Giovanni Smith. I would put Giovanni Smith. I would protect what him. I thought it was, what would make Zadina not have to be protected? I think it's his draft year. I think it's uh-huh. his draft year. I could be wrong, though. I mean, they change it up all the time. I thought that Zadina was exempt, but he could not be. And, you know, if that's the case, then I think that your seven forwards are – you're absolutely right. You're, that's exactly who it's going to be, unless Sedina's exempt. And just another note for everybody listening, the unrestricted free agents, if they are not signed by the day of the expansion draft, then they do not have to be protected. So we've been talking about a lot, a lot that July 22nd will probably be a really busy day for them. <laughs> There's going to be a flood of unrestricted free agents signed. Teams are going to be – the teams that want to sign, they're unrestricted free agents. Like Luke Glendening, welcome back to Detroit on July 22nd, my friend. <laughs> Maybe Mark Small, too. <laughs> You know, I mean, and then, and we'll see. You know, we'll see what kind of what Steve's going to do about. Uh, you know, there's still some questions. Will they sign Bernay? I think we expect. Breaking news. I thought I was wrong about this one. I thought I was right, but Zadina does have to be protected because of the amount of games that he has played. Oh, okay. Well then, yeah. Well then, yeah. I like your seven forwards. I wasn't. Sure, I wasn't sure about that. I was. I wasn't sure about that. I wasn't sure because so, I know some guys have not played enough games and now they're unrestricted free agents G6s. You know, a couple of guys are, are that way. That you know, So, you know, there's all kinds of things going on. I wasn't sure uh, about Sedina or not. Okay, well, Carly, let me ask you this question because Art made a good point about Giovanni Smith. I think he's somebody that the Red yeah. Wings do like. He just hasn't really cracked the NHL lineup yet. Him and Adam Ernie, do you, you think Adam Ernie definitely has the edge? Uh, I would say yes. I like Giovanni Smith. You know, he's a young guy, but Adam Ernie's not much older. You know, he's only, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, 24, 25. So he's still pretty young, and he had such a breakout year with the Detroit Red Wings this year. And we know that Steve Eisenman likes him because he wouldn't have brought him over to Detroit from Tampa Bay if he didn't. So I really do think Adam Ernie deserves protection because, as we know, I was an Adam Ernie fan all season long. So I'd love to see him back.
All right, I agree with you there. Well, we'll wrap it there. We'll have a lot of coverage leading up to not only the expansion draft, but of course the NHL entry draft, which is on July 23rd. That does it for Downtown Hockey Town today. Make sure you're staying tuned to Red Wing social media for more draft and expansion draft information. Labatt Blue Light presents Downtown Hockey Town. Labatt Blue Light refreshing Canadian Pilsner. Visit your local retailer when safe to pick up some Labatt Blue Light. And now it's time to answer some of your questions. We're going to get into the mailbag delivered to you by Little Caesars. And today, it's just Art answering your questions. So if you were expecting a Dean Dickerson or a Ken Kale, I apologize. You get just Art today. So that's that's okay, though. We love Art. So we'll get right into your first question, Art. This one is from Josh from Royal Oak. And he asks, do the Wings make any trades this offseason? If so, when would they look to pull the trigger? I would say that they're either going to pull the trigger on draft day. They might, you know, they it, whether trading picks or not or, or moving up or moving down, depending on how the draft board starts to play out. So those first five picks will be interesting as far as how those five players that are going to be picked before Detroit, how Detroit had them slotted. And, you know, maybe the guy that they, they've always targeted is going to be at number six because it's going to be wide open. And then I would say – that, you know, after the free agent period, um, I would think that if Steve takes on a veteran contract, but I don't think, see, the protection list is what we just talked about is the big thing going on here, is that I don't think they're going to make any moves till after Seattle drafts their team. And then once that, it opens up a little bit more. And who knows, maybe the first deal they make might be with Seattle. Maybe Ronnie Francis and Steve, you know, they're contemporaries as players and as executives. Maybe, uh, you know, they could work out a deal. Okay, if you don't take this guy, we're leaving so-and-so unprotected. You know, but take this, whatever, you know, that could happen. But I really don't think a whole lot of action is going to happen until after the expansion draft and beginning on the 22nd, then, you know, then all Hades breaks loose. All right, it's interesting that you mentioned them working with Seattle and general managers. We've talked about this on the show, too, are not going to be as tricked, if you would like to use that word, when it comes to the expansion draft. I think they're definitely going to be more careful on what they're doing and the trades that they're making and probably more involved in trying to get a better grasp of what Seattle's trying to do. Right. I, I, you know, I, it's really crazy. You know, if, if I'm Ron Francis and someone calls me and says, okay, uh, don't take this guy and we'll trade you Riley Smith or whatever, whatever the deal was with Florida. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking to myself, mm, okay, maybe, but I'm thinking, well, wait a second. If you're going to leave this guy unprotected, but you don't want me to take him, maybe I should take him. There's going to be a lot of gamesmanship going on with this one based on what Vegas was able to accomplish. What McPhee was able to do was extraordinary. I mean, you know, they're a perennial powerhouse, and they've only been in the league four years or whatever. So, I, I you know, I, I really – I think that's a – I'm really fascinated by this and to see how it all shakes out. But I just expect Steve – I think he knows what he wants to do. But I don't think he's pulling the trigger early. I think he's going to wait until uh, he doesn't want to protect a, you know, like Mark Stahl. He's not going to pick up a contract like Mark Stahl before the expansion draft. Then he'd have to protect that guy. I just don't see that happening. He has enough players on the on this Red Wing roster that he needs to protect. So I think everything starts on the 22nd of July. 
I couldn't agree with you more. You definitely have to see what Seattle's going to do in the expansion draft before you make any sort of move. And I think Steve Eiserman's even smarter than us, believe it or not. So he's probably going to do the same thing. And and wait. All right. Debatable. (laughs) (laughs) Question number two. Art, this one is from Frank from Trenton. And he asked, with Goodrum on the IL and Cabrera being pulled from the game last night, what do you think the infield is going to look like? We saw the lineups earlier and bet you didn't know. So we did see what the Tigers are going to do today. What did you think about what they decided to do? You see Jonathan Scope, Jamer Candelario, and uh, Willie Castro playing first, second, and third. So do you see any of that changing as we move forward? I, I think, you know, I, I would say this. Candelario, Jamer's your third baseman. That's not gonna. That's not going to change. He's going to stay at third. I think Scope is either going to be first or second. Uh, And and let me say this. I was on the Zoom last night. A.J. Hinch thinks that Miguel Cabrera is fine. He thinks it's like, you know, he had some cramp in his calf or something, so he took him out of the game. But he thinks he's day-to-day, but he doesn't think it's anything – you know, and, and and I've checked the what you know they haven't put him on the DL or, or injured list, whatever, any, anything like that. So I think Scope is either going to be first or second or DH, and then you've got the Castros and Paredes. All of those guys are either going to be one's going to be you know Paredes is p- playing short today, and, and Castro Willie Castro's at second, uh, you know, and uh, you know, and, and Harold Castro gets a day off because Eric Haas is the DH. So maybe pitching matchups because I think. What you're going to see is, is like I said, Candelario third, Scope first or second or DH, and then the Castros and Paredes either second or short, depending on how A.J. feels and how they're fielding those positions, or DH, and one of them, if they're not the DH, and the other two are in, one's going to get the day off, if that makes sense. I don't think Zach Short or anybody's going to be called up or anything. Really quick follow-up, in a perfect world, you would want to see Jonathan Scope at second more often than not, right? Right, and then put Harold Castro at first, and, you know, and then uh, Paredes and, 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 and Willie, uh, uh, Willie Castro, you know, maybe at short, and one of them being DH. Like, if Castro's bats is beginning to heat up, you kind of want him in the lineup. So, uh, yeah, so I, I would think – and AJ wants him to play, you know. I, I think that they might be DHs, and then you know, depending on the pitching matchup, there there's a one thing about AJ Hinch. He loves versatility, and that lineup is not a set thing, you know. Except I just said Candy, and he probably scope at first, but when Miggy comes back, I love the way he interchanges with it. But uh, out of those four guys, I think those are going to be the essentials. One's going to play second. One's going to play short. One's going to play first, and one might DH. So I think that's how it's all going to shake out. Hopefully that made sense. It made sense sort to of. me, but I don't know. Yeah. It always sort of makes sense to me, so it's good. Yeah, anyway, you know. um, if you have any other questions throughout today's show, you guys make sure you are asking them wherever you're watching. We'll try to get to them later in the show in Let's Socialize. Carly will be all over the social media channels, and that does it for the mailbag delivered to you by Little Caesars. Little Caesars proudly introduces their hot and ready pepperoni cheeser cheeser. You get a large pizza topped with classic pepperoni, fresh mozzarella, and a toasted Parmesan and Asiago cheese crust for just $7. Try our no-contact pizza portal or delivery from Little Caesars. 
And now we are going to get into today's headliner presented by Miller Light. And I'm actually sticking around to join Art today. So this one's going to be fun. Our guest today is former Tiger Austin Jackson. Austin, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to join us. We're really excited to chat with you. Absolutely. I'm glad uh, I'm glad to be on. Thanks for having me, guys. Of course. Well, before we get into some of the, the hardcore stuff, Austin, what have you been up to lately? What has your post playing career looked like? Uh, I've been a father. Um, this fatherhood is no joke. Um, I have a four and a two year old and uh, I mean, they're taking up a lot of time. So um, that's what that's what I've been up to. Uh, a couple more things that, that I've kind of been doing on the side. But the, the fatherhood has been uh, taking up the majority of, of my time. But it's, it's great, though. Uh, Austin, I, I want to ask you, you know, this whole uh, uh, substance and now checking pictures and all that, we had an interesting thing happen last night with your former teammate Max Scherzer and Joe Girardi uh, where they checked Max three times during the game. They asked to see if he was throwing, you know, if he had sticky stuff on his hands. I think the third time Max was so upset that I think he was going to strip down to his skivvies, you know, and, uh, you know, right there on the mound, okay, yeah, you know, you want me, you know, you want me to turn my head and cough, you know, what, what, what more can I prove to you, you know? So I guess my question is this. Max goes off and he stares at Girardi all the way to his dugout, and then Girardi comes out wanting to fight Max, like, hey, you're, you're questioning my manhood or whatever Girardi's thinking. They kick him out of the game. You know, you've played with Max. He's got great control. Do you think maybe the next time he starts against the Phillies that does his control great enough where you think he can throw one into the dugout and hit Girardi and say, hey, look, you know, you took my sticky stuff away. My control's all over the place. I mean, what's going on there? What do you, you know, seriously, what do you think about about that? Because three times seems excessive to me, and it's almost becoming an absurdity. So the whole – thing do you are you glad they're cracking down on pitchers you're a hitter but you know where's what do you think um i mean this whole thing is is it's getting out of hand obviously but um you know i i think that the way that that you know this the the substances and all that stuff the way that uh, it was explained to me um when i was playing from pitchers is and it's kind of hard to you know not be on board with a pitcher not having a, a feel of the ball up there when you're in the batter's box. Uh, right. And they're, they're saying that, you know, hey, I can't feel the ball. I can't feel the seams. And, you know, I'm doing um, this because, you know, whether it's, it was rising with, um, you know, sunscreen, that's, that's the, you know, the only thing that I really uh, knew of that guys were really just, you know, using it to, to not hit somebody in the face. And I, I had no problems with that. I'm like, hey, um, I'm cool with that. Continue on. <laughs> so, but <laughs> I think that it, it, it probably got out of hand some, you know, some way when, um, you know, there was no way to really police, uh, you know, this, at least at the time it wasn't. And, you know, yeah, guys at some point figured that, you know, hey, this is – I'm able to kind of manipulate maybe my pitches, uh, get a little bit more break, this whole spin rate uh, thing. Um, so, you know, it probably got there. You know, guys probably took it, you know, a few a few steps too far, and uh, we're here now. So, um, I, you know, I hate for it to become a distraction, which it, it probably is, and um, a nuisance for the 
um, for the players. Uh, I don't know if it's something, you know, maybe check them down in the dugout so it doesn't become, uh, you know, a scene, uh, you know, out, out on the field. But um, it's tough, you know, it's tough because you, you, you do understand, you know, I've, I can lick my fingers in the outfield. I can maybe go, uh, you know, touch my bat to get a little grip. Um, but, you know, I'm not throwing anywhere from 25 to 100 pitches. You know, I'm not throwing that ball that many times. So, you know, where do you, you know, kind of draw the line with that? I don't know. You know, I, I, I don't want to get hit in the face. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, <laughs> right, right. Um, you know, it's one of those things. It's, it's kind of tough. You know, like I said, it just it kind of it got it kind of got out of hand. People, you know, guys probably, like I said, started to see that, hey, this can you know, I could potentially do more things um, with with a different substance. So, um, you know, but hopefully, you know, I think it also too it put MLB in a position to where, you know, hey, we, we have to do something about this. Um, so I, I don't think it's over. I think we're, we're going to be hearing about this for a little bit. <laughs> it's ne- it's never over. <laughs> and hopefully they can figure out how to be consistent with it. I think that's the biggest concern is how does each umpire try to be consistent with the rules and follow those rules to the best that they can. But Austin, one more question about this and we'll move on. I do want to ask you from, we know the perspective of pitchers. It's, it's going to affect them greatly. How do you think it's going to affect hitters? Are they going to be, able to hit pitchers easier? Is it going to be tougher? Or or do you think they're just going to be getting hit with pitches more? You know, that's that's tough because, you know, I think that really, unless you really knew how much that 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 substance is really helping the pitchers, I think it's going to be hard to tell because you don't really know who all was you doing whatever. So um, I think it's one of those things where time is going to, you know, be able, you're going to tell with, with time uh, and then policing this because, like I said, it's uh, you don't know who all was doing it. We, and we, we don't know what all it, it actually does. Um, but, like, time, time will tell, and you'll see either, you know, more guys getting hit, um, you know, or hitters, you know, uh, hitting, hitting pitchers maybe more. I, I don't know. I don't know where, uh, where this goes. So I'm, I'm curious to see, though. Austin, uh, first of all, I want to tell you, I love the beard. It's a very good look on you. Uh, you. I really do like it. Uh, and uh, uh, this is a strange question because I was at Lions training camp when you were traded, and it made okay. the news and all that kind of stuff. They was in the David Price deal. You went to Seattle. My, I, I, till this day, you were actually in the game, and they they took you out of the game in the middle of an inning. You're out on the field. What was that experience like? I mean, because did you did you know you were about to be traded? Did it come as a shock? I mean, what was going through your mind? Because it's really one of those extraordinary moments where a guy who's, you know, you're in the old English D, you know, okay, let's go, you know, and boom, before you know it, hey, come on out. I mean, did it catch you by surprise? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I mean, it's, it's one of the weirdest things I, I've, I've experienced in my life. Um, you know, I'm out there, you know, getting ready, thinking about, uh, you know, like, oh, I got me a couple hits, man. Like, I'm, I'm hoping we win this game. We got back in it, scored a run, maybe made a good catch, I, uh, you know. And, uh, you know, I remember uh, Osmus going out and, you know, I'm thinking nothing about it. I, you know, I think I even turned around and, 
um, you know, just looked at in the stands or whatever and uh, turned back around. I noticed there's still a lot of commotion and we're still, you know, paused. the game is still paused. And then I see Rajay, you know, running out and I'm, I'm like, what, what's going on? What is, what is he? We doing the change? Okay, cool. But he's headed my my way, so I'm like, well, I mean, I'm good. I don't, well, I'm straight. My everything, you know, arm my good. You know, legs feel great. And then, uh, you know, I, I start to kind of get this sense of like what was going on uh, because earlier it will, uh, you know, in um, before the game, Don Kelly, he was my uh, locker. Uh, locker mate and he was telling me you know hey I think that the the Tigers are getting ready to make a trade so I kind of was just aware of that not really thinking too much of it though but I kind of got a sense of it once he was running out to me um it was like it was like somebody was pulling me (laughs) towards the dugout I was like just going I was like where am I going I don't I don't get it you know and then I the fans thought it was just a very like surreal moment and feeling it was just like a crazy aura around me I was like I don't know do I wave do I I didn't know what to do I just felt like I was getting pulled off the field I had no control over the feeling or me getting pulled that way and uh, it was it was crazy though, um, and I really never get a got a chance to like soak that moment in or or wave right. and you know show my respects. But uh, it was weird. It's, it's just, you don't really see that ever, you know, in in sports no. or uh, you know, it's hey, come on off the you're done. We're gonna we're gonna see you later. So uh, it was in a it was different weird. uniform. Yeah, yeah. Right. Wow. you're gonna be in a, maybe yeah, a week later. A different... Yeah, right, right. That is well, not. Uh, that's one of the most nutty things ever. Yeah, and we do have one more question for you. We know that you are going to be on the mic calling a game with Dan Dickerson later in the season, so that's going to be a lot of fun. You'll be calling the radio game. We're really excited to hear what you bring to the table in that aspect. It's going to be a lot of fun. But you made your MLB debut with the Tigers. We've seen a lot of debuts in the past couple of years. Akil Badu is playing awesome this season, a fellow outfielder, and I know you have to be impressed by that. So why don't you just give us your thoughts in general on the Tigers? What do you like about this season and some of the young players that we've seen come up the past couple of years? Well, look, I mean, um, you know, I, you, when you look at the at the team, obviously it's a, you know, it's a, it's a rebuild situation. So, you know, when I when I look at the Tigers, it's it's – You've seen this with every every team. Every team goes through it. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a matter of being patient and just figuring out which uh, you know which guys you want to see in 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 that that core group in the future. You're you're looking at uh, the essentially the future of of the Tigers, and they're developing. And you got to let guys develop, and you have to um, you know there's a there's that growing pains that that goes along with it. Um, so it's you know it's about being patient and allow allowing the guys to you know grow into themselves as players uh, you know as young men and and um, you know I don't really look too much into you know the records and, and things like that because I think that can kind of get blown out of proportion but I, you know I'm looking at a team that is you know they're they're young they're you know trying to find their footing and you know there's some bright spots there's some dark spots and. You just got to kind of take it and roll with it and, and be patient and let this, uh, you know, let this thing play out. I mean, I, I think they, they have a, a chance to be a really good team um, in, in the near, near future. And uh, I'm excited to kind of see where, where this thing goes. 
We are too. And Austin, like I said, we're really excited to hear you call the game with Dan Dickerson. Off the top of your head, do you know the exact date that you're on the mic? I want to make sure everyone knows when we can listen to you. Uh, I believe it's July 5th, 6th, and 7th uh, against the Rangers. That'll be good. Yeah, Yeah, right here in my hometown. I I don't have to go nowhere. (laughs) I'll tell you what. I I hope this doesn't happen. You know, you're calling the game. You and Double D are getting in a groove. And, you know, and then the, the director of broadcasting, I don't know, Stan or somebody comes in and says, Austin. Hey, we got it. <laughs> Guess what? We got it. Yeah, yeah. You've been traded, buddy. You, you know, All right. Uh, I guess uh, guess what you're 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 a ranger sort of now you know whatever (laughs) thank you so much for taking the time to join us and best of luck with that new endeavor we're excited to hear it that'll be a lot of fun thank you looking forward to it absolutely Thanks. thanks guys a big thank you to Miller Lite for presenting the headliner, the original light beer with great taste and only 96 calories available for delivery. And now it's time to get into Let's Socialize, where Carly has been all over the Red Wings and Tiger social media channels, finding your thoughts, questions, and of course, anything great that we've missed in the social media world since the last show. So Carly, what do you have for us today? That is right. Well, I just want to give a big shout out to you, Daniela, for handling the Game Changers for Pride Month. So I do want to give a little teaser to that. That should be live. It should have gone out at 11 today, so let's get a little tease. He, I lied. So you're just going to have to go watch the whole thing on Tigers and Red Wings. You're going to have to see a whole like, 15 minutes of me, not just a minute. <laughs> not just a minute. We didn't want a minute. That just didn't do you enough justice. No, right, moving no. Tigers. The Tigers are telling you guys to vote. Vote, vote, vote for the All-Star ballot. They're really pushing Jonathan Scope. No surprise there. So make sure you go ahead to Tigers.com slash vote and make sure you vote for the All-Star ballot ballot so now i'm hearing that we do have the game changers video because daniela i know it's always weird watching yourself on camera so we wanted to make sure that you were able to see this one little minute tease of your game changers interview what kind of changes have you seen and what progression have you seen towards inclusivity so i would echo what um each of you know everyone else has shared um, bras and um, Kevin and Danny that what we're seeing is more and more individuals and companies um, and community partners having these kinds of conversations um, which is extraordinarily important because if we're not talking about it then obviously progress is not is not going to happen the one thing that I would caution as as Kevin mentioned is that um, progress isn't something that we're just going to automatically achieve one day right? This is something that we're going to have to continue to work towards forever and ever and ever, right? Um, We all will continue to educate ourselves um, to try to think about how we show up into spaces, how we're interacting with diverse communities, um, and be really intentional um, about creating spaces um, that do provide opportunities for everyone to have a voice, for everyone to have a seat at the table. 
So like I said, head on over to Red Wings and Tigers social media to watch the full thing. As Danielle said, 15 minutes long. But I could hear in your voice a little bit. You, I think you lost your voice a bit. You said from this weekend in Nashville for a bachelorette party. So we actually do have a clip we want to share that uh, we saw on your social media. So roll the tape. Oh, no. Are you guys kidding me? <laughs> So, Daniela, I mean, what? The audio is the best part, but they're playing it. Daniela, the cliff dive. (laughs) Were you a little nervous going through it? I'm not going to lie. Okay, so. And this was at the very beginning of our trip, so I just want to make it clear that no alcohol was involved in these decisions. They wanted that for the safety of everybody. But the captain was like, "We're gonna, do you guys want a cliff dive? Because if you do, we're going to go right away. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm like this daredevil. Of course I want a cliff dive. And we go to the, the the cliff, and I'm like, oh, that's nothing. That's fine. So me and my friend dive in the water, and you had to like, you had to swim and then climb up. And I get to the top, and I'm like, oh, my God, I can't do this. There's no way. What am I going to do? I have to jump. There's no way. But it was really fun. It was cool. It was cool. Didn't know that, that there was fun. something. That- yeah, it, it was fun. It was high, though. I, was- I think as soon as you posted that, he sent me this and said, can we use this for let's socialize? So it's been in the works for a while now. My arms go up, and you want to know why that is? Because they told me, pencil, make sure you're penciling so your arms didn't smack. Like, And I couldn't oh, keep my arms so they started going like this in the midair, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. hey, there was a little too much splash in uh, your feet, but you know where you almost did a back smacker, it looked like. You didn't go in straight. It well, looked, I thought you were going to, like, smack straight, on the back. I, there's a reason I didn't want to go in dead straight, but we're, we'll just skip that reasoning. Well, yeah, right. you know, it was, it was a nice dive, though. Before we wrap this, we're all going to rate her jump. Daniela, I'm going to give you an 8.5. Okay. I'll take it. I'll take that. I'm sorry. I got to go six. I mean, it's... Oh! Uh, you, you what would yours look like? more than that, Daniela. Mine would be very little splash. That's the key to diving. And just too much splash. Look at that. Do you have a bruise on your lower back? I mean, that seemed to like take the brunt of the water. My friend right. got a bruise. I did not have a bruise. Oh. Right. right, right. Yeah. I mean, it was yeah, nice, but all right, all right, I'll modify it. Six, five, six, five. There the splash, yeah, too much splash. Water. Too much. All right. Too much push, All right. You got a You're going to the Olympics. Congratulations. <laughs> I get myself you, a you, you're going to be on NBC's uh, uh, swim trials tonight. There we go. Can't wait to see it. Oh, yeah, that would be great. that would be great. All right. A big thank you to AAA for presenting Let's Socialize. AAA says thank you with free roadside assistance for first responders and healthcare workers fighting to defeat COVID-19. You protect us by going to work every day. Let AAA protect you on the way there and back. 
We have come to the end of another edition of The Word on Woodward. If you missed anything on the show today, or of course, any of our past shows, you can catch up on The Word on Woodward YouTube channel. And of course, listening to the show as a podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. The Tigers take on the Cardinals in just about an hour with Matt Manning making his Comerica Park debut on 97 Won the Ticket in Valley Sports Detroit. We'll be back with uh, The Word on Woodward, and we'll bring it back to you on Wednesday, July 14th. We're going to take a little break for the holidays, so we all hope that you enjoy your 4th of July, are able to take some time away from work and enjoy, hopefully, some nice weather. So we'll see you on July 14th at noon on Detroit Tigers and Detroit Red Wings YouTube, Facebook, and websites. Thanks for watching.